the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. This is the Boys of Tech episode 293 for Wednesday the 3rd of September 2014, slightly off schedule this week. Uh, My name is Edwin Herman, I'm here in the studio in Wellington, the capital city of New Zealand, and this is of course New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. I'm joined over a Skype connection by my friend and co-host Brett King. Howdy. Hey Brett, how are you on this uh, Wednesday afternoon? Huh, not bad. Sad that the that the past two weeks is over already. Uh, the past two weeks? Well, yeah, it's been Wellington on a plate. Have uh, you not partaken of anything in Wellington on a plate, Edwin? No, no, I've been the far biggest too busy. food festival in Wellington, no, and been, the best one in New Zealand. Ah, uh, and I've been far too busy for that, Brett. Far too busy. <laughs> but I'm sure you've got lots to. You know, if we did a food podcast, we'd. In fact, you could do the whole episode, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not a food podcast. But hey, look, it's it's good that uh, you, you've mentioned that. And of course, anyone in Wellington will be aware of it and may well have partaken in it. Indeed. Mm. So, uh, look, Brett, uh, we, we're going to talk uh, a, a little bit about iCloud later on. The Of course, the, the celebrity photos that were stolen from various uh, iCloud accounts. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But first up, I want to talk about the Airwheel... Q3. This is like a a unicycle segue, I guess, is the closest and most concise way I can describe it. You stand up to ride it. It's kind of, I guess, one wheel and you put your feet on either side on little pedal uh, platforms, I guess. Stirrup things. Stirrup things, yeah, that, that protrude on either side. And you ride around on this one wheel thing. And it looks incredibly dangerous. It looks silly. <laughs> It's a gimmick toy. It's a gimmick toy for people with far too much money and don't mind breaking their bones because all I can see is this as being something that you would go, oh, that'll be cool for giving my kids or, oh, that'll be cool for, you know, being a dork and going to work on my on my on my unicycle Segway and end up um, yeah killing yourself by having an accident <laughs> yeah. because it looks like an accident yeah. waiting to happen oh, and yeah. everything I've read from reviews of it is it is an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it's an accident waiting to happen. And <laughs> you, the yeah. damage you would Im- God imagine giving this to a child, a developing child that is still growing. Whether or not they seriously injure themselves having an accident on it, the posture and bone growth problems they're going to get from riding it, it it's, not, mm. it's a ridiculous thing. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, actually. But it, it, it Some is, inventions are just dumb. Yeah, and this, this, <laughs> is, this is one of them. I, I think this is a failure. I mean, you know, it's marginal on a perfectly smooth surface, and it's hopeless on anything else. Yep. And the, its uh, advertising the, the, is completely... It would not pass New Zealand's um, advertising laws. What? Because the, vid- the their videos- advertising shows you going over rough ground, growing yeah. over grass and through yeah. through stuff, and and being able to drive through the rain. But the the manual for this 
thing says don't do any stuff and, and wear safety gear. Yep, yep, it says to wear safety gear, like you need a helmet and elbow pads and knee pads and but they yeah. the videos don't show but all that. All the advertising it, is, it, is is nah, nah it, it just shows a ten, hop on and whoosh yeah. you go. And it shows a video of a ten year old uh, going around on one of this and the user manual says uh no one under fifteen should ever ride one. So how yeah. does that work? Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of like those, uh, you know, um, funniest home videos programs where you see the, the kid jump, jump off the bouncy ball and slam himself into the edge of a pool and everybody goes, ah, look at him, he's face planted. And we had an advert on accidents like that here in New Zealand a couple of years ago where they showed the aftermath of it, you know, a, a kid with blood pouring out of his face bandaged and plastered up in a hospital because he had seriously injured himself on something that everybody thought was funny. And that's that's what this is going to be. That 10-year-old kid zooming around there, you see him zooming around having fun, and the next mo- moment he's under a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, it's You know, uh, the, the reviewers that have tried this have fallen off, have bruised themselves, have scraped their knees, have drawn blood when they fall over, you know, put their hands in front of them and fall over. This thing's actually really dangerous. It is an incredibly dangerous thing. <laughs> Safety cut off. It doesn't just it, cut off. It, it's almost and like... even if it did just cut off, you, that would be bad as well. Yeah. In, in no scenario does this thing work in a safe and usable way. No, that's right. It, so it, technologically, it works. It's like they're trying to one-up the Segway and yeah. failing oh, to do entirely. So. Somebody's gone, oh, hey, man, imagine it. If we had a unicycle that worked like a Segway, and it's like, but the 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 thing about a yield is the vast majority of unicycles have a seat, so you have still got some stability and control. Yes, yes, and exactly. the other thing about a unicycle is the unicycle stops when you stop. Yeah, this thing doesn't. So you can you just have get to, off it. And it's this not gonna this thing has to be to moving. Or try and drag you away. Whereas this thing, yeah, it has this to be thing moving. It's going to drag you away. Way if you try to stay on it, and if you jump off it, well, the damn thing's still going to go by itself, isn't it? Probably injure some poor old lady on a Zimmer frame in front of you. <laughs> this thing is nuts. I'm telling you. You look if you're listening to this and you want to know, you know, you want to get a better idea of what this is. Just Google it. Google Airwheel Q3 and look at some videos. It is absolutely nuts. I mean, don't you know? You'll see some of the marketing guff, and it looks all very smooth. But trust me, read read some of the reviews, and, and you'll yeah, see read that the reviews that aren't is. part of their of their site, and you'll realize yeah. that most people go, hey. It could be fun, uh, and it is fun sometimes in, in perfect situations. But as a practical thing, uh, no. <laughs> Apparently, and Q, it's, Q3 is only one of their models. It's their it's their their bigger the model one. that's yep. designed for more you know endurance to allow it to have a longer range. Mm. This is the reason that the Q3 exists. Their other ones don't have quite as much range on it. Yeah, the smaller uh, one's apparently easier to ride. This this one is yeah. apparently quite difficult to ride. But either yeah. way, the concept is still inherently flawed for mm. practical use. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm shaking my head. Um, but you, you could have some interesting, um, you know, uh, sports. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. But then in a sports yep. environment, you've got a controlled environment. You've got full gear to protect yourself. Then you could, yeah, I could, I could see it used used in in some kind of sport. Well, you know, Steve Wozniak is very much into his Segway polo. He may well want to oh, get indeed, into air wheel polo. So, so some sort of yeah. sport like that, but as a <laughs> as a practical device for transport, a mode of transport. No, yeah, no, I agree, totally agree with you, Brett. Yeah, absolutely, summed it up well. Microsoft is rejigging Azure uh, the Azure plans. Uh, it's it's basically cutting prices. 
Database as a service, uh, I think they're almost cutting that by in, by half, aren't they? The, the the cost for that. Yeah, for several of the several of the e you know editions that you can and sign up for, they have um, cut the price. Now, I was talking to someone from Microsoft about this uh, from Microsoft Azure not long ago, and uh, he was saying that um, interestingly enough, their database as a service is entirely outsourced to another company. Yeah, it's not actually Microsoft doing it. And in fact, you know, oh you know it's, it's not hidden because when you when you sign up, when you go into the Azure cloud and you say, okay, I want a database, it you tick a bo- you have to tick a box that says, I agree that the license for this will be transferred and your agreement is with this other company, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So it's very clear. But um, yeah, it's kind of interesting that they're not doing so everything themselves. So it's Microsoft standing as a middleman. Yeah, I guess. And this other company providing the database, leveraging off of Microsoft's name. Um, well, look, I, I'd say they're a partner or, or perhaps a, a supplier. Oh, yeah. They're a supplier, I, w- I would say. And, you know, it but, wouldn't... Oh, but, man, it, that, that kind of stuff can reflect badly on Microsoft if, if their partner fails, especially yeah, well, with their, you know, their announcement of their um, changed uh, enhanced service level agreement, which gives, uh, you know, the four lines across all the tiers mm, of, yeah, I know. of the Azure service. Yeah, look, the thing is, I, ha- I have a problem with that. No company, whenever they people give you availability, a percentage, they must accompany it with a time frame. On its own, it means nothing. Do you mean per day, per month, per year? It needs to, then often it's per year, it needs to say annually because, you know, if it, it, 99.99% translates to 53 minutes downtime per year. Now, mm-hmm. if I encounter 53 minutes uh, downtime, well, in a month, that is a lot more than 99.9. So that it's one of my little um, hobby horses. You know, if you're going to give a claim about availability, you need to qualify it with a period. Indeed. Yeah, otherwise it means nothing. Brett, you know, I've tried, I I was, I'm I'm using Microsoft Azure. Um, I've got a six month subscription. I've been using it. It's, Fairly good. I'll, I'll give it a um, a thumbs up overall. How's it security? Well, look, I haven't. How does it secure your data? Is it all fully encrypted, or, um, or look, is that I, something I, left up to you? I, and I, it is, I it is open to whoever gets access to their databases. I'm pretty sure it's left up to you, but I'm, I have to put a disclaimer here. I haven't really given it the thorough test, and in, 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 on that side, I've I've just was basically playing with its functionality, uh, standing up servers, websites, um, mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. Linux, you know, I, it's great though. I mean, I can build a Linux server in three minutes. I can stand up a Windows server in four minutes. Yeah. It's it's just, it's really good. But if you read the reviews comparing Azure to, say, um, uh, Amazon Web <laughs> names escapes me, the, the big one, Amazon Web Services, they're behind, they're well behind, Yeah, but they are moving at a faster pace. So that they're catching Amazon up. It's an exciting space to be in. Look, well, like cloud, Microsoft have done really well. They, they're selling. As, we, as we talk about almost, you know, every month there's a story about how the cloud fails. <laughs> well, yeah, they have had their out, uh, a major outage as well. <laughs> they but, have their outages. Know, they have the fact that once you put something online, it's on the internet. And once something's on the internet, it is liable to be hacked. Yes, and we're going to talk about that actually when we get to the iCloud story. This is something that is is not. I've, it's like beating a dead horse with me with every one of these stories. Is I constantly bring up the fact that these are great services, but you've got to trust your data onto the internet, 
And if you're considering one of these things, you should be looking at their security procedures, their security policies, their security checks and reviews, because any good online on cloud service should be constantly reviewing their own security systems. They should be constantly testing their own security systems. And I see a, a you know, a, 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 an upswing in services that offer by default encryption to protect their users' data. Mm, but there are overheads, Brett, and so you should. I think it should be a choice left to the customer. I mean, this is the providing well, a platform. Sometimes um, you, know, you know, customers don't think. Yeah, look, there's. <laughs> yeah. We've got to got to put this bluntly. People inherently don't think very much mm. when they come across something shiny and new, or something that will offer them right now gratification, but they don't look at the potential pitfalls you know, until the, the pitfall the, hits and then suddenly their business is ruined. The thing that surprises me the most though, Brett, is, is Microsoft is now selling, if you like, uh, Linux servers with Linux frameworks. You know, you can set up Django um, environment, uh, yeah, PHP. But it's not Microsoft. Like you said, it's outsourced. Well, no, no, no. That was database as a service. I'm not sure whether, in fact, it, it it may well be that everything else is in-house. I, and I don't want to make any claims as to which way it is because I don't know. I know that databases as a service is outsourced completely. As for the virtual servers and other such services, may well be done all in their data centers. So I don't yeah. know. But it's it's really interesting how they're, um, well, you know, they're it changing. Well, it is changed. showing you the different paths that Microsoft are taking. Then They're trying to distance themselves from being just Windows. Yeah. Microsoft isn't just Windows anymore. They're trying to be like an IBM. It's a range of products for a range of eco- ecosystems. And Windows is just one of those products and one of those ecosystems. Which just happens to be made by the same company. But as yeah. you say, it's one of many. Yeah. Exactly. So but that's when, why we see, as we've always seen, there's, there's Office. You can get Office on multiple different platforms. You can get all different types of services from Microsoft on different platforms. So, Brett, what do you think about uh, Twitter's plans to uh, introduce a in-tweet buy button where you can basically buy a product straight from the tweet itself, click buy and uh, confirm some information and you've just bought something? So is this buying something from Twitter? No, no, from, from a partner. Ah, okay. So if I'm a company and I use Twitter, as I will a, be a, able to input insert a buy button. Yeah, probably for a fee. Ah, <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> but what do you think? Is this is this good? Um. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, all it, it's doing really it's is just, all it is doing is is well, it, you know, a, a a shop that tweets already could put links in their tweet to products on their own shop website. So there is kind of that buy already. But this, I guess, means that the, the user gets to click less. It's just really simplifying, isn't it? The Yeah. Because you have to, obviously, it's not going to just figure out what your credit card is and suddenly deduct. You, know, you have to have, you know, Indeed. Set so this up. whatever, either with, either with Twitter or whatever service provider they've, exactly. you know, signed up with to provide the actual payment processing. Yeah. So it's really just, I guess, shortcutting a method that you would otherwise go through anyway. So, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, looking forward well, to seeing... It's an, I guess you know. it's an option for retailers if they, they want to um, add that feature to their tweets instead of just putting links to their own online hmm. shopping sites. Yeah. Because you can already do that. And, and look, it's very smart because, of course, it gets the impulse buyers. Like, 
buy it buy now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I want one. It's only like four ninety five. Yep, buy. Done. Mm. Now where was I? And of course you might regret it later, but that's hey, that's how impulse buying works. Indeed. Now we're gonna talk about iCloud, Brett. Now, iCloud, uh, you've probably heard <laughs> what's happened recently. Some So nude photos of celebrities have been stolen, have been hacked from iCloud accounts on which they were stored, belonging to, you know, belonging to this uh, said celebrities. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them have turned out to be fake, but, you know, others have uh, understood to be legit. Yeah. Uh, it's been a bit of a storm at the moment because uh, the it's believed to have been a very targeted attack. Apple have had a look into the uh, security of iCloud and they've come back and said that it's not an iCloud system security breach. The way it was done was through... Account breaches. Account breaches, breaches. yeah. Attempting to get into accounts by trying different passwords and trying to answer security questions uh, repeatedly. Mm. So it's kind of, I guess, a a, a social engineering element to it. It is something that Apple can look at and go, okay, these accounts were, were attacked in these different manners and our features that we have built in to prevent that sort of hacking failed. What can we do? to stop those sorts of things. Yeah, you're right. Like and, in and one, they, of the previous, one of the previous um, fiascos over the, you know, the, the hacking of Find My Phone, where the system allowed you to have like 10 or more attempts. Or no, it was unlimited attempts. That's right. It was unlimited. The, the Find My Phone, you had unlimited attempts to try your password. And then they, the, the, the whole hacking thing came up for it. And they then, all of the backlash from that was they put in a limit. So... How, with this limit in place on attacking these things, could people still be able to brute force through there? Should not something have notified people that way? The entire limit of attempts on this account on this day has been reached. Oh, the entire limit on this account on this day has been reached. Shouldn't something have notified someone somewhere? Because hasn't this hasn't been reported that these hacks have occurred over quite a period of time? These security questions, if you like, are supposed to be there to add an additional step. Uh, you know, and, and it's, but it's, the, the whole point of, you know, allowing limited retries is if, if somebody cannot remember what their security question was or the answer to their security question, then they should contact the support yeah. to get access to mm. their thing. You should, or, have, or you should, yeah, remember, you should have a limited number. Well, and two- if something reaches that limited number, if I fail to remember my aunt's maiden name four times, five times, however many, it should alert someone in support or it should send me an email saying, hey, you've, you've, forgotten, your, <laughs> you've forgotten your security question. Is mm. this really you? Yeah, yeah. It should do something to alert the, either the account owner or the account provider that someone has reached the max number of retries. There are many now, things that it, could have been implemented to stop this sort of thing by doing alerts, and that's it, that communication. And it is an oversight on many of these different systems and something that should be, you know, it's, it's common sense put in place sort of thing. If I've forgotten yeah, and tried my password 10 times, send me an email to make sure that I'm actually me. 
Now, look, Brett, I want to also look at the other side of it as well, and, and that is, the, the I guess, the complacency and the trust the, that people naively put into cloud systems. Indeed. And, you know, it just goes back to that dead horse I flog constantly. <laughs> yes. Once you put something <laughs> right. online, even if you think yeah. you're putting it online on a thing that is just for you, it isn't just for you. It's for whoever else gets to yeah. gets access to that machine, to that system, to that uh, account. It, it is on the internet. Yeah. One of the things hey. which I think hasn't been talked about quite enough in all of the many stories that have come out uh, surrounding these celebrity photo theft is a lot of these photos were deleted. Oh, is that right? A lot right? of these photos were photos that had been deleted and yet they still exist in iCloud. They did not get deleted from iCloud even though they were deleted. Is, is that right? Yeah. So that is, that is something I, I read. It, it was a, a small paragraph in one of the stories I read in the first lot of stories that came out from this was that some of these photos were photos that were taken years ago and were subsequently deleted. Well, that puts an interesting spin on things because, yeah, I mean, that raises a whole bunch of questions. Because, yeah, because the question that came out within that one paragraph of that story that I was reading was, but you, so what does that mean for other things that are deleted in GlideCloud? Does iCloud deletion actually delete things? Mm. Or does Apple's iCloud save everything forever? <laughs> I think also that there is that element that, you know, if you've got, something that's particularly private to you, especially private, like like a, a nude picture of you, why would you ever, ever want to store it on a, on a well, cloud system? On, that on, is, once again, we get back to people's complacency, Ed, and the way that we run away with our technology. People take a lot of these photos. You know, you take your photos on your phone most of the, you know, most of the time over the past couple of years. Your first, your, your quick snaps are snaps that are on your phone. And your phone probably has been set to auto-sync to iCloud. And that might be great when you're sold that this is a brilliant feature for me to turn on because it means all of my selfies that I take at famous locations while I'm traveling are going to be stored somewhere safe if my phone gets pinched. But then you don't think about it yeah. when you're you know, yeah. home with your missus in the bedroom doing a little hanky-panky role-play and <laughs> your hanky-panky role-play pictures are also being synced up to your iCloud account. Yeah, so, so I guess there's a little bit of naivety, perhaps a little bit of igno ignorance. It is that that complacency with these, these now, pieces of technology. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put the blame on you know entirely on the people that have been you know, victimised by this. Well, you know, no, every, every person they has do a right. Still, even even in their naivety about or ignorance of the fact that these things were sinking to iCloud, they still had certain amounts of faith in the integrity of that account as being private and theirs. Every person has a right to privacy, including celebrities and public figures, right? So when a, and when a hacker gains access to your account illegally and publishes your private material, that's wrong. No questions about that. However, by the same token, you should be aware of the risks associated with storing data on the internet, whether it's Facebook or whether it's Flickr or your iCloud account. So if there's anything you consider as being particularly private, you'd be foolish to put it there. Now, I actually mentioned this in a tweet and a few people 
uh, not that many, you could probably count the number of, of these people on one hand, didn't like what I had to say. And I was even I was even called ignorant. And let me say this, the only ignorance in this whole thing really are those who are ignorant about the risks associated with storing your private data in the cloud. And I mean, you know, you can also, I guess, use the analogy of street safety. There are thugs out there that prey on vulnerable people at night, right? That's a mm-hmm. fact of life. It's yep. wrong. They are the perpetrators. It's wrong, but we know it happens. So you'd be foolish to walk alone at night in certain parts of town. It's just about applying common sense and being responsible. And some people, unfortunately, think that by saying that, you're condoning assault and so on and saying, oh, now you're putting it in, well, no, you know, no, but, but you're not, it's not the case. Certain... Assault is wrong, but we know it happens and therefore there are risks associated with walking alone at night. So you can help yourself by minimising those risks and not walking alone. And you know what? Yep. It's exactly the advice that police give. You can say the two things together. You can say the hacker was absolutely in the wrong and that hacker needs to be found and punished. By the same token, people need to be vigilant and aware and apply some common sense and help themselves as well. They do, and I have said that many times. But once again, we go back to that implication of they, they assumed that they were walking in a safe place. They weren't walking in the dodgy edge of town by having their stuff synced to iCloud. They were walking in a safe part of town that was monitored and looked after, and they didn't have to worry about it. And I think that's where perhaps a little bit of naivety comes into play, you know. That is where, yeah, a lot of naivety comes into play because people put far too much trust, in my opinion, to the cloud. Yeah, I I totally agree. For personal data. Yeah, exactly. And I've beaten this horse many times. And (laughs) it's quite a a sad horse, but I look after him afterwards. (laughs) Very good, very good. So look, you know, for the people on Twitter who who really didn't like what I had to say and and thought that I was being ignorant, I think perhaps if you listen to what we've just said here, perhaps this might give you a little bit of insight as to to where I'm coming from. Certainly not condoning it and certainly not blaming the victim at all. No. But, you know, by the same token... But once you've you, put something on the internet, even if yeah. you've put it in one of the safest hands, it's still on the internet. Yeah. And a determined attack could get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're going to put something on the internet, pre-encrypt it. Mm. And, and yeah, Good advice. And you know what, Brett? It's kind of un, uh, rather bad timing for Apple because it's, of course, got an announcement coming up. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. iPhone know, 6, I iPhone think. iPhone 6. And the, possibly the, an the iWatch. possible iWatch. Mm. Um, we've got those announcements coming up. So this is, you know, kind of a, a bad press. <laughs> yeah, it is a little <laughs> bad bit. Bad press for yeah. an Apple service prior to what's supposed to be a massive announcement of the, the, you know, the next things for Apple. So kind of, yeah, really bad timing. <laughs> mm, that's rather unfortunate. <laughs> for that. Yeah. And, but once again, you know, they should take this as an opportunity to look at how these people are obtaining this, are getting access, especially if they're brute forcing. There are so many different ways that you can prevent brute forcing. And one of those ways is by early alerts. Early alerts to a brute force attempt. Yeah, I think think one of the um, uh, aspects also was people... Being able to guess some of the uh, the security questions, you got to remember well, also that, celebrity. Must, so much is known. People course, choosing good passwords. Yeah, but Brett, celebrity. So much is known about celebrities, and and that it makes it a lot. You got to admit it, it's a lot harder for them to <laughs> to come up with something private. You know, a, a a secret question. Yeah. So they need to think of a secret question that nobody else knows. Yeah, and then that's something a challenge. about <laughs> themselves. 
that they have never told anybody and that nobody could Google on the internet. Yeah, well, that doesn't exist. (laughs) So if you are a celebrity, here is my advice to you. When you're thinking of your security question, think of the question and then Google it. And if you can get the answer from Google to your question, don't use that question. Absolutely. Brilliant advice there from Brett. Thank you very much. I want to end on that note because that's a good one. Brett, thank you very much for co-hosting. Always a pleasure, Ed. Okay, good stuff. And uh, we'll bring you more news and discussion on internet-related things and technology in general next time. Until then, have yourselves a great week. See you later. Goodbye. Bye-bye.